1: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
0: Welcome in. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got a lot to talk about. It is the Monday, March 30th edition of the show. As always, it is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination, They have got six incredible sports books that will be open at some point in the future. Uh, But if you want information on that, along with their incredible golf courses, which I looked up online, uh, appears that they are open. Like, obviously, they are spreading out, you know, where people are able to go and whatnot. But golf courses are open, all that, Tunica National, et cetera. Go over to tunicatravel.com, and you can find more information on all of that over there, when they'll open back up, uh, the casinos and everything. And, uh, and get all your information for the shows that will eventually come through town and all that, because I do believe eventually, now, I'm not going to set a date, but eventually everything will open up and everything will go back to normal. You agree with that?
1: Well, yeah, at some point in time, we'll have normalcy. <laughs> <see. laughs> Here's open.
0: Here's open. I got my fingers crossed. Um, you can always find us over at winningcureseverything.com. Our website has all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, Etc. I am in the middle of a revamp of that. Uh, we, are, we are switching a few things up. I'm, I'm changing themes. I'm redesigning the layout to make it look a little nicer while there's not really anything going on. So you can, uh, you can find our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on YouTube. Uh, if you have not watched over there, obviously go subscribe. You can do the same on the podcast as well. You can find all of that on the website. That's the one-stop shop. You can find it there winningcureseverything.com. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and fire into today's first topic, and it is the the biggest news that relates to live sports in this country as of right now. UFC 249 that we thought was kind of crazy that they were going to go on with this anyway, but April 18th, it was supposed to be at the Barclays Center in New Jersey. It was Tony Ferguson against Habib Nurmagomedov, and now... They were, they were going to move it somewhere. They had not announced a date yet or a, a location, but it was still going to be on April 18th, pay-per-view, and I was really looking forward to it because there's been nothing live. There's been no live sports other than, you know, Madden simulations and whatever else, right? Even FS1 is broadcasting Madden simulations, and have you seen the NASCAR thing that they're doing, like the virtual racing, like with the actual race car drivers? Anyway... So they're doing that, but, uh, but, yeah, this was going to be a big-time deal, and Habib went on Instagram Live and had, like, a chat session with his fans and told everybody that he is stuck in Dagestan, Russia, like, at home because he went home because he was told that they were going to close down the borders in Abu Dhabi, which is where he was initially because that's where he was told that the fight was 99.9% going to happen. So the issue there is the United Arab Emirates is going to close their borders and Russia is closing their borders. So he can no longer get there. What that said to me, I mean, and UFC claims that they are, uh, not claims, but behind the scenes, they are still trying to make this fight happen in Abu Dhabi, but they're trying to get Tony Ferguson and Justin, Justin Gaethje uh, to fight. Now, it hasn't been agreed upon. It hasn't been finalized, but they are talking to both camps. Both camps seem willing to make this work. Um my question to you is once Habib drops off of this, why would you not just drop it? Like I understand you want to get things oh, going.
1: But the, the exact same reason you you started your entire soliloquy about we have no live sports. It doesn't matter who you put out there to fight. Everybody who's interested in fighting is going to watch. Every one of them. Yeah. Because they have nothing else to do.
0: This would be a fantastic fight, but you have been trying to get Tony Ferguson against Habib. This was the fifth time this thing had been okay. scheduled. And the first, like, it, so the first time Habib dropped out. The second time, uh, Ferguson dropped out, both for injury. Third time, Habib dropped out for uh, a not a failed uh, weight cut, but, like, it really messed him up. So he had to drop for health reasons. The fourth time... Ferguson had to drop out for a knee injury or, like, a torn ACL, or something like that. And then now, the fifth time, it's not going down because of no reason of their own at all. It's, they were both ready to fight. If if I were them, I would pick somebody for Gatesy as opposed to putting Ferguson against him at at short notice. Because you want Ferguson, whenever everything opens back up,
1: you want to make that fight. At least I think so. Like, am I, am I crazy for that? I think Dana White's just trying to get a fight in. He's just trying yeah. to get anybody who's willing to fight fight. That way, he because I do think that it's going to be massive, uh, pay per views. It's, it's going to de- be
0: massive, depending upon who it is. I mean, if it's
1: like Gaethje I has never been that, worth. I see, but that's this is where we differ. I think it's a supply and demand situation. You you started the whole argument off saying there's been nothing for a month. And we don't think anything new is coming for over another month. True. So if I can get anybody to fight, if you can find two bums, get them in shape, and throw them in a ring, people will watch. That's true. That is true.
0: I I worry about it, if only because I want to see Ferguson and
1: Habib. That's the only like thing. You're not going to get that just because you don't. I mean, it, it could be you know six months from now you get it. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I'd,
0: that's that's the biggest issue is I I would like to see Habib Ferguson now, and I want to see McGregor fight whoever. Now, the, the talk was that McGregor and Justin Gaethje were being looked at for a July pay-per-view in Vegas, and that is obviously not going to happen now. Um, but that's, that's being pushed back a little further. I would like to see McGregor Habib again. I don't know that I'm going to get it. At this point, like everything is just being pushed back too much. So much is going to change with the way that uh, that the season started, not the season, the year started. Um, that's that's my only issue here. Is I want Ferguson Habib first, and if it doesn't happen now, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. I mean, they, they tried it that, five that's, times. But
1: that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. I don't. That didn't make any sense. May, it, it may just
0: be me having wanted to see why this why fight. It wouldn't happen. Uh, because it hasn't been able to happen five times. That's the yes, thing. It's a, it's a cursed flaky, fight. Because
1: weird things, like you can't predict injury. So the first That's four true. are all 100% medical, okay? There's nothing you can do about that. You just can't true. do anything about that. This is a total freak phenomenon that nobody foresaw happening really, okay? Agreed. So it's not, I mean, this is, well, we've tried it five times. Well, let's just quit trying then. Let's just, let's just not do it. <laughs> I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. No, yes, I, put it, I understand if, where you're coming you from. The, if you have the capability of safely putting on a fight, okay, and and not spreading any more outbreak and all the other things that they were going to do and they were going to protect it the way they were going to protect it, then there's no reason to not do that now because the big star of the fight can't make it. Everything else has been put into place. All the other wheels are are put into motion. You you don't stop the truck. You just it didn't make any sense. You change the tire and you move
0: on. And now the the other side of this is if the United Arab Emirates closes their border to where they won't allow travel in and out. How are
1: they going to make this thing happen? Like the I thing just thing that you sent me the article you sent me about this. I don't know if you actually watched that video or not. I didn't watch the video. I just read. This thing's gonna happen in America. They're not traveling. Nobody's traveling. They're limited to either fighters that are fighters that are in America that can get clean and they think they can get them to an area that's kind of been isolated. Like going back to Vegas might not be a problem now because nobody's in Vegas. I mean it's the reason the NBA has looked well, around the idea of taking over the entire city, moving all 30 teams there and saying, Hey, ain't nobody else here. If we can get only people who are clean here, then there's no reason you can't make this happen. I think Dana White can find a place to do this fight, and I think he can do it right here in America. The odds
0: are, uh, before all of this went down, so it, according to the article, uh, Habib had been told that it was not happening in the United States, which is why he left to begin with. Um, right. Now, the odds were that the fight was going to happen, and this is betting odds, that the fight was going to happen in Florida uh, because everything was still open in Florida at the time. That's right. Now, the reason they can't do it in Nevada is because they can't get the fights sanctioned because the Nevada State Athletic Commission has said they are not sanctioning anything at all in the month of April. So you cannot have fights in the state of Nevada in April. So I don't I don't know where they're going to do this. I, I think you're right. They will find somewhere to do it. I mean, um, this
1: is not a hard thing to do, especially if you're willing to do it in an empty place. Yeah. You just need a facility go to there's a ton of empty college universities right now with a facility to hold this.
0: That is true. And it, it wouldn't matter where you do one. it. You just gotta find somewhere to
1: televise it. Yeah. Well, so, any of those places are gonna have the ability to hook up cameras and network to to get this stuff shot up into space to a satellite and beam <laughs> it back down. No, I you're mean, right. There's, there's five hundred college universities that have that equipment, and facilities right now.
0: True, true. Very, very true. All right, you ready to uh, talk some NFL? Yeah. Let's discuss Mike Florio's article at Pro Football Talk. It uh, it was titled, Could an isolated, coronavirus-free um, uh, facility be the only way for the NFL to play in 2020? Uh, this was interesting to me. Now, obviously, again... We're talking hypotheticals here. But this is something that has been discussed by the NFL brass. They are saying we can get every player from every team to a specific location and basically bubble them in. And one of the places that was brought up was West Virginia, uh, the football facility at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, which has 710 rooms. Uh, they would have to build more fields. And basically, they would build them all together in one spot sure. so that they can televise all these games. And they would have rooms and buildings and whatnot for each team. Uh, this is a crazy idea. But with as much money as at stake with the NFL, I mean, could you you could see this happening, right?
1: Yep. They listen. Small, my first thought was this small town. You find a small town, that, that. Once again, like you said, university, some place with the facilities. All right. Yeah. And with the places to house all these people, and you just make sure everybody's clean before they get in. And once you're in, if you're clean, it's not magic. It can't just come in on its own. And yeah, you just you just figure this thing out. You put and everybody town, in a bubble that town will do really well yeah so, yeah I'm I I think I think you're talking about the the richest sports um, business maybe in the country or definitely in the country oh 100%. possibly in the world I know some soccer teams are worth more than the NFL teams but I don't they're not as organized okay as a as a um, as a league I wouldn't think. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Th- I mean, my thought, my thought. You said West Virginia, and I'm, I'm guessing somebody floated out there. I would do the same if I was Dana White. I'd be thinking the same thing. There's some place in North or South Dakota that you could put this thing. Oh yeah, that has more than enough spa- ample space. Nobody else lives there. You're not affecting people's lives when you leave. You can demo those fields and put them back to prairies and whatever it is that you you left. You know, cows used to graze there buffaloes can come back and graze when we're done we'll put it all back or you can keep it for football camps and whatever that facility wants to do but you can find a place to do this it's just the most important thing is team medicals have to be everybody from the television crew that's going to live there year round the referees that are going to live there year round the people come in commentating on the games all stuff all of these people have to have cleared and clean medicals and be willing to move and live six to eight to ten months of their life away from their families, isolated in this one camp.
0: Now, this would be, let's say, August, I believe, is when training camp starts, through possibly the Super Bowl. I mean, you would hope training, at some point. Training
1: that- camp Training camp would start, July, I guess, OTAs and stuff go through June and July, and then yeah, yeah I guess the very beginning of August is uh, is when uh, the actual camp season, yeah,
0: preseason. Oh, uh, yeah, preseason. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, really, The
1: first Sunday usually in September is when kickoff.
0: That you would have to build all of these facilities. You'd have to really start at least Ooh, by the first of that. May. I think
1: I think they get because they're not building stadiums. There's but do no no. Stadium. You're just building fields, they, but you would have could, to build facilities for the people to live in. No, they have. They were going to go someplace like you just said, like West Virginia, They're going to go someplace that has the facilities. We yeah, have like empty hotels. They've got empty hotels, empty college door rooms. They've got empty places for these people to live in already. I assure you, they can find a place with a thousand rooms. That's that's not a lot of people. All right. It, true.
0: I'm just. I'm trying to think like sixty some odd players per team. You've got. Uh, coaching plus and medical, support staff plus of
1: coaches, yeah. Then, then all of the uh, league officials that have to be there and all this other stuff. But you're talking a couple thousand rooms. It's not hard. That's not. That's not big. No, but a it's college. Like, ca- most college campuses are going to have that. Yeah, yeah. Because the only facilities they're bringing, they're going to make our fields, and they just need acreage. Then they just need flat land.
0: Yeah, and it, it, at that point, I mean, you're talking. Let's see. How many how many would you have to have going on? And this like a lot of this would depend well, on whether or not college football happens, right? Because you could play the, some games realistically, on
1: Saturday. You would need, so there's you'd need sixteen, but then you minus out a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, a Monday night game. Um you'd want an even number to get out. Uh so if you subtracted eight of those six, so you'd need eight fields. Eight fields you can make this thing happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right. So it uh, I would. I'll tell you this. As crazy as it sounds, I would actually like to see it, just so a, that I can. Li-
1: right now, any way we can get the game, so we can have some semblance of real life. Uh, just think about all of the. Not this is a tragedy. This is this is different than an attack or or a, a massive earthquake or or you know. A, you yeah, know, because it, a it, it
0: affects everybody. It's not just but, like one.
1: We in our country. Have always come out of these massive things that affect the entire nation, an area, whatever, by using sports to re-energize the institute, normalization, yeah. and and bring us back together. And right now, we're going through this. Now, I would tell you, the uh, a super small percentage for our population is actually going through stuff. The rest of us are sitting on our ass on couches. All right, yeah. let's. Not act like we're heroes okay there are some people working their butts off to to fix this thing and to attack it and to fight it and and but as a nation we just it, I think it would bring us all back together in a way it would be a positive thing if we could make it happen yeah. I, I don't think there's any negative to it outside of the fact that it'll just be weird okay it'll be weird but but at some point in time the players will get used to it. And, and playing in front of, you know, instead of – I mean, it would be like pee wee football on Saturday. you go down to the soccer fields, and they got like four football fields in one soccer field, and my kid's playing over here, my nephew's playing over there, and, you know, it just – it, it could be weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could. But, but I
1: think it could be fun. I think and it could I be fun. I think it would be a good thing.
0: Oh, I think the – I mean, the television ratings would be – astronomical if everybody is still having to stay home nobody can actually go to the game that's right it would be massive absolutely massive yeah Um,
1: sundays would be must watch television
0: oh yeah and and for the most part they already are so uh let's let's move on from there without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running
2: everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day.
0: And we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but this was a major topic over the weekend. Uh, the Sports Business Journal, uh, basically, not basically, they reported that college football and the powers that be were looking at moving the season to July, August, and September, uh, basically because they stated the coronavirus, at least in some tests had shown that it would not be spreading as much in the warmer months of the season. Uh, several states have already put... That was John Oran, by the way, that that put that out there. Several states have already pushed their stay-at-home orders all the way through, like, June 10th, uh, per Barrett Salee. And he said, at this point, there's no way that they will be able to do July, August, and September. And honestly, because they've already pushed stay-at-home orders all the way into June it's going to be really tough for them to get started on time right now as it is. So how crazy is this idea of starting in July, August, and September?
1: I mean, this is a, it's, it's a hypothetical, it's real. Yeah, it's not, it's not realistic. We're make this is one of the situations where I personally believe somebody made up a hypothetical story to report on. So they had content for, because they have no other content. Well, nobody has come out in
0: support of this. Bruce Feldman came out and, and tweeted about it. John Talty from AL.com. Several other uh, college football personalities have come out and said, I've talked to athletic directors and, you know, guys in these athletic departments, and none of them think that it is even remotely possible to have a season it's not. in July.
1: It's this it, because it's not possible. Yeah. Th- therein lies the issue Is this is this is why when you sent me that, I was like, for next year like maybe okay this year we don't get a season but like what will the new normal be and let's just play it all in the summer i was trying to figure out what and then i was like oh no they think in like 2 months they want yeah. football <laughs> that that would be that, that's that's not happening it's just yeah. not it's not possible
0: yeah i i agree i agree i couldn't believe that it, it now the it here's here's why i even bring it up right because John Orand is incredibly well-respected, and he had to have heard that from somebody. Somebody talked to him about that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put it out.
1: Now, it may have just been one person, and it may have just been one idea that was brought read, to I'm the table. I'm going to need you to name names now. That's, Your uh, reputation on the line. This is not one of the situations where I get to cover a source. This source isn't worth covering. You burn that some bitch to the ground.
0: Yeah, like I I I heard this from Gordon Gee, the president at West Virginia, or somebody.
1: thought this was smart. And and you know what? I'm going to tell you who I thought probably this could have easily came from Liberty Universe. We're going back to school. (laughs) We're going back to school. And I think we can play in the summertime.
0: Yeah, no, I, I didn't.
1: Jerry Falwell coming out of the jalapeno. We're gonna fix. I didn't all want that.
0: to bring up much about liberty, but you are a hundred percent right. Now you and I will eventually touch on the the liberty topic uh, again. But yes, um, I could.
1: I could I mean, totally if you see talk that. Talk to an athletic director. Maybe that's the only one that would, or, or somebody. But I can't. I can't imagine. Well, you remember who their
0: athletic director is, right? No, Ian McCall used to be at Baylor.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Guy, it's that's right. He's that's right.
0: So yeah, they. They got some names over at Liberty. They they got some dudes. So it is what it is. Yeah.
1: If you get fired and can't get a job because you're untouchable, go Just, get a job at Liberty. We yeah. forgive everybody.
0: You got that right, Jerry Falwell. Knocking it out. Knocking it out of the park. All right. We let's uh, big pockets. Let's close on uh, some some. Let's do some RIPS. How's that? Yeah. Is that a good way of putting that? Yeah. Uh, sure. We lost Bobby Aber, senior, and Joe Diffie. Over the weekend, uh, these were the two biggest names, at least to you and I. Bobby Aber, senior, obviously the father of Bobby Aber Jr., who's a, a television and radio personality in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in down in New Orleans area, uh, and then his son T. Bob has a radio show in Baton Rouge that is absolutely fantastic. Um, That's right. So Bobby Aber, senior, uh, he was incredibly well known down there everybody seemed to love him uh, I saw him on very few occasions but he was 81 years old and he did in fact die from the corona uh, coronavirus um yeah that's that's the first big name that I saw really Better that I recognized yeah that, that I, didn't I really need say
1: uh, okay this guy's famous in somebody's world but
0: I he don't was know famous a lot in ours
1: people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy, if you follow college football in the SEC in the South, um, probably in the Old Southwest Conference too, just like the just the, the old you know areas. You you know who Bobby Aber is. Yeah, and
0: you
1: know his family. Even if you didn't know him because he played a long time ago. Yeah,
0: you knew Bobby Aber Jr. And you you yeah knew you know boys. his
1: family. You know yeah. those people if you are connected to LSU, which I you know we are, and you know even you you're not an LSU fan, you're an oh, SEC but, fan. You I still I know, know all who about these it. People are. Yeah. yeah. You know exactly who they are. So, yeah, we finally got a name that I thought, which, you know, kind of hate that you got it, but I was kind of wondering all right, we get these death tolls all the time. Who are these people that are actually finally got somebody?
0: Yeah. That's, and, and then you, the you one, heard the people getting it because obviously Tom Hanks got it and Prince Charles right. and, you know, so forth and so on. You've, you've heard of people getting it and they all seem to recover, right? They all
1: seem to be okay. But we know not everybody does. We right. know that. We just, don't it, know who these faithless, nameless people are, which is sad, and, and it doesn't make their life any different than these people. But um, the, it sometimes the the makes one, it more
0: real for the public, right? Like that's, when, that's when you right, put a name, that's
1: like right. it. I th- I think so. I think I think he gives it a face. I think it does. Um, but the the other one was 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 Joe Diffie. You you and yep. I growing up, nineties you know, country, yeah. Nineties country was was what we. If you rode my mom's car, it's all we listed. I mean, that's oh, that's yeah it. You know, first first concert I ever saw was Garth Brooks, and uh, and it was it was pretty incredible. Got to start off my concert peak pretty high. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, about
0: as big as you can get, man.
1: <laughs> it, it, there's I saw a lot of shows that I was like, man, I, we paid money for this, yeah. And I'm sure those shows were great. I'm sure they were spectacular. They just weren't weren't Garth. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Diffie was pretty incredible. One thing I thought of last night. You know, got the news off Twitter, off the Internet, and, uh, and watched everything go by as my dog tries to rip my arm off here. <laughs> um, I, I started going through, like, his catalog, and, and when you lose somebody like this, you start looking back. All right, let's 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 get into some song. You know what I liked most about 90s country more than – 90s country and, and hip-hop in the 90s did the best job of telling the story with the song. Oh See, yes. Today, nowadays it even way back like the Beatles band, they would they would come up with uh, you know, great famous songs would come up with a with a like a hook and then they build a song around it. Like you'd have yeah. one line that was unbelievable iconic, and you you build a whole song around it. And these But guys, the rest of it
0: didn't necessarily mean anything.
1: No, it didn't mean anything. Yeah. These guys would write I mean literally like you you could make Third Rock from the Sun, you could you could make like like a uh, like like a like a one episode sitcom or uh, oh yeah. or a, uh, like a television show or movie about it.
0: That's I, it I, got, I'll tell you this: ahead. my wife had she did not even know who Joe Diffie was until I started playing the stuff for her. And this I was mean, this was when I like when we found out that he actually had it, which was only two days before he died.
1: That's right. Um, no, his his hit quick.
0: Yeah, it was it was real quick. The other one, by the way, we'll just mention this because he's not, he hadn't passed yet, uh, but John Prine, who is uh, one of maybe the top five songwriters of all time, is in critical condition in Nashville. Uh, so we are hoping well wishes on him, but we'll, watched
1: you know, a, uh Watch the video clip of Bill Murray talking about uh, him. Uh, about John 20 Prine? Minutes, 20 minutes, yeah, 20 minutes before we went on.
0: Oh, yeah, he's, so, John Prine is something else. One, it, it just unbelievable. Anyway, so back to Joe Diffie. My wife had, had no clue of the name. She didn't know who yep. he was. Uh, But she just turned 30 back in December, so that kind of makes sense. But we knew Joe Diffie, man. We knew oh, John yeah. Deere Green. We knew, yeah. don't, you know, prop me up beside the jukebox. You know, all sure. that. So when I started playing it for her, she knew. She yep. knew what was up. Yep. So, you know, it, it's, these are timeless songs. in, in the Joe Diffie stuff... I mean, honestly, like, you don't hear a whole lot about it. But if you go back and look at my Spotify, uh, you will see all of these different 90s country at John Michael Montgomery, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, You and I were talking about first concerts. You went to Garth first. My first concert was Alan Jackson with Pam Tillis opening and Aaron Tippin as as the opener. Now, the second concert I went to was Brooks and Dunn, and Toby Keith opened that one. So... And that was that was Toby Keith's first album, and I, I was just about to say
1: that was that was earlier. That was Toby. uh
0: uh you know oh I want to be a cowboy you know, <laughs> so uh, I should have been a cowboy that whole thing, but yeah, at this it it's finally got uh, a face for what this virus can do, and while sad, I think it is a good thing because it makes people take it a little bit more seriously. Like maybe I'm crazy so.
1: about that, but. It maybe you're right. I mean, I've, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, "Well, we, we have we have a face, we have a name," and, and and I don't know that everybody in the country does because I don't know what Joe Diffie's music meant outside of the South. But I I know we know the South, yeah, and and we're no different than any other kid or family that grew up in 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 you know southern yeah. part Mississippi, of the country, the Alabama, 90s.
0: Arkansas, Texas, yeah tennessee but all that you know absolutely those areas
1: so so i made a i made a, a just a, a three three song list last night of the best songs that told a story okay just okay a, yeah a story song i got th- and i don't know if there's any order i don't know if these are the three best but these are just the three that came to my head and i listened to them two or three times last night just to, one was Joe Diffie's Third Rock from the Sun. Just an incredible story from start to finish and the way it, it, it closes itself out. Unbelievable. The other one is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, uh, oh, oh, my gosh. My brain just Bone died. Thugs. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yep. Give me, give me one. It's okay. the first of the month. Wake up. Wake nope, up. That, no. Close. No, no, I know, but that's it. A- ghetto Cowboy. Ghetto Cowboy. Ghetto Cowboy. Okay, okay. Oh, just if you, if you hadn't listened, just iTunes it, Spotify. It's, it's just a great, it tells a story, man. <laughs> tells a story. Uh, and then the last one was, uh, Reba McIntyre's the lights went out in Georgia. Oh, absolutely. Just you're talking about a song that from start to finish just tells a story. Oh yeah. Those three songs tell stories from beginning to, they have a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's like watching a a play act out, but you're just listening to a, Three and a half minute
0: song. That's you. Now you bring this up, and off the top of my head, I miss
1: music like that. I really do. I like it when it takes me on a story.
0: Let me let me go on and tell you about some storytellers. All right, I'll I'll go ahead now. You you know about Blackberry Smoke, right? So I've I've let you listen to them. They have a ton of fantastic stories, like in their songs. So go listen to Blackberry Smoke. The other three, these are my all time favorite singer songwriter. Uh, storytelling bands, okay? Uh, Bands, artists, whatever you want to call it. Uh, First, Lucero. They're from Memphis. Ben Nichols is an absolutely incredible storyteller. Uh, He's been doing, like, some Instagram Lives here lately. But you need to go back and listen to the first Lucero album called Tennessee. It is unbelievable. That's not their first one. Um, But it is the, the first one that was released on a record label, so... Uh, but yeah, Tennessee is the album. The next one, Jason Isbell. Now, Jason Isbell's at Southeastern Record uh, helped me quit drinking at a time when I was drinking way too much and making a lot of really bad decisions. He was also in a bad situation and got sober. Uh, now, obviously, I'm back drinking, but it is a much more healthy level than it used to be. I'm not drinking at 10 a.m. anymore, so like I'm feeling better about myself. Um, but any Jason Isbell album is unbelievable, but Southeastern is by far the best storytelling album. The next is Will Hoag, and any Will Hoag album will take you on a journey. Uh, my favorite of all of them is uh, Carousel that was actually self-released by him before he released Blackbird. Um, I, go go listen to the Carousel album. Obviously, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music, whatever. But Will Hogue, Jason Isbell, and Lucero are my top three storytelling artists of all time. At, let's take that back. Maybe not of all time. Because, obviously, you got your Bob Dylans and your John Prines and yeah. your Dolly Partons and your Reba McIntyre, McAd- all that kind of stuff. But right.
1: modern, good. I'm modern not last 20 the years. i three songs are the best three songs ever. There was just three that I remember. Yeah. I remember as soon as I started thinking about him passing away, my first my first memory went to that song and my favorite part about it was how it told the story. And then my second memory was like, there were a bunch of songs that I used to like back then that told a story. And the, the other two were, were exactly what came to my mind. I went and immediately grabbed them and, and listened to them. I'm sure there's many, many, many more. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Garth, there's fantastic. You know, fantastic. it's just, but the, the, it's just, it's something that I guess a lot of music, I don't think maybe it, Maybe I just don't listen to a lot of new music now, so I don't know if it tells a story or not. <laughs> but go, just, go listen I to just music stuff. in the nineties. Told so much of a story, other than just singing a song. Well, not nineties
0: country was more storytelling than modern country. Like modern country, the majority of it is very I mean, hip hop based. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, hey, hip hop has changed a lot. Hip hop seems yes, a lot.
1: I know. Oh, no. I know hip hop doesn't tell a story at all anymore.
0: That's well now there's some, but you gotta find the right groups, right? You gotta find the right acts to be able to to find it. But no. Most of the time it's just, hey, here's something catchy that sounds good in the yeah, background true. while you're drinking in a You part. get
1: it, yeah, you get a hook and you build a song around it. I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, listen, these people all have far more talent than I'll ever have. <laughs> Especially <laughs> musically. That's just insane. But but at the end of the day, I just I don't know, it's nostalgia for me. Because that's, oh, yeah. that's how I grew up. It's what I grew
0: up listening to. It, it depends on what your taste is, right? So, uh, you know, as a musician, or at least a former musician, I'm not as much anymore, but I, I always took the responsibility of writing lyrics and writing music that made you feel something. Not like, let's have a good time oh, yeah. always. Because there were, there were songs that you just wanted to write, like, hey, the lyrics don't matter. This song is all about having a good time. Like, there were other things that you wanted to make people think about,
1: right? Well, they, that- yeah, there are plenty of unbelievable songs out there in the world that that don't tell a story, but they're just great songs. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not just nothing wrong with that. There, those songs are far more better than the three songs that I, that I listed. <laughs> These just do something different. And that one different thing that they do is something I like. Agreed. I like, agreed. I I like storytelling. I've just, I've, I've just, you know, being somebody that grew up and, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to read, you know, until I got substantially older than most people that ever learned how to read. And, and I just, the art of storytelling just always meant a lot to me. It's something that I always enjoyed. So when I heard a song tell a story, I was able to visualize and picture it a lot better than and nothing most, but I was able to Visualize and picture it more than, more than most songs. I guess. Now that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. So, I, it It, would, it makes part sense part it. as to as to why you were so good at telling stories nowadays. Yeah, so I don't know about that, but yeah, I try. Hey, I, you you bring that aspect to this uh, to this show, and I am appreciative for it because I am not very good at it. So uh, I think that is going to wrap it up. We're uh, we're thirty six minutes into this whole thing. So is there any other topic that you feel like we need to hit on today? No, man. Everybody stay safe. Keep your head down. You got that right. You got that right. Keep your keep your head on a swivel. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that what coaches say?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right.
0: All right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow, uh, I believe, with a special guest, but we'll uh, we'll save that for tomorrow. Um, you guys know, com is the website. Go over to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi is the South's premier sports gambling uh, 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 destination. I just went completely blank there. That was a... And I, that, that should let you know it is time to end the show, right? So <laughs> we will see you all again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.